We are three weeks away until opening day. How are you feeling about the White Sox? I asked that question and got a bunch of responses. Lots of optimism out there since spring training started, uh, but health will, of course, be the ultimate factor. Luis Robert Jr. and Andrew Vaughn have received a lot of local attention, but they're also getting some national buzz when it comes to breakout players in 2023. And Bob Nightingale wrote an article to essentially vindicate Tony La Russa from the disappointing 2022 season. You are locked on White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sox. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Lockdown White Sox, officially three weeks away until opening day. Uh, White Sox in Houston for a four-game series, March 30th. Uh, appreciate you continuing to pass along this podcast to other Sox fans in your life uh, and get those questions and comments in for next Wednesday's mailbag. Uh, you can do that at LockedOnSox at gmail.com. Uh, the Sox were taken on the Royals uh, Wednesday night. Uh, Cease was on the mound. Uh, you were able to watch on the MLB app if you've got the uh, MLB TV subscription. It was a later game. It was 7 p.m. And, you know, I'm going to get into the details on the uh, the Royals game and on the White Sox against Team Columbia on Friday's episode. I was able to watch a little bit of Wednesday's game. I really just wanted to cover, uh, you know, how Dylan Cease did. And uh, that was uh, very short, unfortunately. Uh, he pitched... Uh, basically a third of an inning, uh, loaded the bases up uh, in the bottom of the first against the Royals, uh, could not find the zone at all with breaking ball uh, or really any other pitch. Uh, he had three straight walks uh, at one point, uh, walked a runner in. He did have a really one, pretty much one nice 12 to six curveball. Uh, that was about it. Uh, after walking in a run, uh, then he gave up a grand slam. Uh, he was taken out of the game with one uh, out in the first inning through roughly 22, 23 pitches, something like that. Not at all what he wanted. Pedro Grafol was looking for uh, some mistakes. Uh, and you know what? He got it. You know, it's a laboratory. Spring training, even for pitchers. Uh, Dylan sees trying some things out. Uh, the breaking stuff, not always working out in Arizona. So uh, you never know. Uh, you know, that could have been the case. Uh, but we'll go into some details on Friday's episode on that Royals Sox game. So uh, we got three weeks until opening day. How are you feeling about the Sox? I'm sure you've had these conversations with other Sox fans in your life, friends, family, coworkers. Uh, are you feeling better 
or worse since spring training started. Uh, maybe, you know, you're feeling the, exactly the same. Uh, you know, I, I tend to have a lot of uh, conversations with myself when doing a solo podcast. I'll ask the question, then answer. Uh, but I, I got some input uh, from Sox fans on Twitter. I asked how fans were feeling, and I got a few dozen responses, and a majority uh, were indeed positive. A few pessimistic fans still out there and a handful uh, that were indifferent. Uh, it was a quick straw poll, but I thought the results uh, were pretty telling. Uh, so I'll start with the optimistic, uh, these, these optimistic fans first. Uh, several different uh, blurbs that uh, but you'll find a, a common theme in these. Elvis Andrews is talked about quite a bit uh, when it comes to how fans are feeling, especially uh, when it comes to their, their optimism. Very good. It's a talented group, uh, one fan wrote. Uh, now uh, they have a proper manager and staff that understands baseball in 2023. Of course, health matters the most. Uh, ben Attendee uh, and Elvis uh, were good pickups. Elvis Andrews talked about a, a bit. Uh, fans said, uh, better until further notice, like Steve Stone says. I'm going to enjoy the ride better. I like watching Elvis Andrews play second. Makes me feel better. Also, Colossus is ready for the big leagues. Uh, rotation depth is there. Uh, is uh, was there where a couple of weeks ago it was in limbo. Uh, just need these guys to stay healthy. Healthy, of course, uh, another thread. Uh, better feeling good about Elvis Andrews and Colas again. Multiple people, uh, you know, turning their, I guess, optimism to the fact that Elvis Andrews was brought back with the White Sox. Another fan wrote, "I feel very confident in this team. Uh, actually, much more confident in this team than I was in last year's. I like the vibes coming out of camp. That's something you're hearing uh, quite a bit in different articles that you might read." Uh, since spring training started. Optimistic about winning the Central. Not so much beyond that. It's going to have to be the guys in camp who beat Houston in October. They've shown no reason to believe they can, and we know aggressive moves will not be made. I thought that was an interesting uh, comment by a fan on social media because uh, it essentially you know, is true. Like we do not, We have not seen a real track record uh, of the White Sox especially at the trade trade deadline, going out and uh, going for broke. Now, I, you can make an argument with Craig Kimbrell. You, you really can. But, you know, I feel like that big missing piece, you know, we kind of had the bullpen. Craig Kimbrell was one of the best arms available, and I know that was a very Tony La Russa thing to stock the bullpen. But uh, getting a dynamic starting pitcher, you know, to, to go down the stretch, I'd love to see that if the Sox had the opportunity at the trade deadline. Uh, so this fan's point is, look, whoever's in camp right now, that's probably who we're going to have to deal with. Uh, we'll see. I'd love to be in that situation come trade deadline uh, where things are looking really good for the White Sox and they just need you know, maybe one more uh, big-time starter uh, for that playoff stretch. Better cautiously optimistic. Johan and Luis's starts haven't been ideal. I agree with that. Uh, but I've liked what Yaz, Elvis, and some of the other guys have brought so far. Good to see Yasmani Grandal get a lot of games uh, there, back there behind home plate. Legs have got to be feeling a world of difference uh, from last year. And again, another positive comment for Elvis. Another fan wrote, optimistic. Lots of players with something personally to prove. 
uh, get, that's another thing to focus on. Some with contracts, some just simply last year was garbage and they know it. Uh, and they, and they desperately, you know, want to put something better out there for themselves, for this team. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that's a good point, uh, better, Elvis and Billy being on the opening day roster would make me happy. Colas looks very good, uh, praying for health and productivity. Yeah, players to reach their potential and to stay healthy. I don't know about Billy Hamilton if he's going to make that opening day roster. Definitely brings the speed. He brings the the culture and morale, and he can play defense. Uh, but I'm wondering what kind of bat they're looking for when they might get, you know, out of a Romy Gonzalez or Hanser. Uh, Alberto like we'll see uh, another fan wrote better with Elvis another Elvis so many times uh, you know Elvis has been the focus uh, tons of talent uh, let's see if Griffol can help these guys remove their heads from you know where uh, at the plate uh, this year uh, plate discipline uh, that has been something uh, that has been focused on in the offseason between Jose Castro and Mike Tosar uh, Griffol has talked about it we did not see plate discipline uh, last year, especially from a few players like uh, Luis Robert, for example. So I, I, too, am looking for some plate discipline. Have a plan uh, when you get up there and be able to be patient with that at bat. Uh, not as much guessing. Uh, another fan wrote much better. Uh, their energy and intensity uh, seem to be back to pre-Tony levels. Uh, we're going to talk Tony LaRusso later in this episode, too. I agree with the energy and intensity and players are talking about it. You are getting quotes about that, that it is a much different camp. Uh, and here's another one. Can't put too much stock in spring, but people are overly negative. Uh, this team is playing differently, hustling and relatively healthy. Elvis is a bigger pickup than people think. I'm feeling cautiously better. So the vibe of most of the folks uh, that responded to this quick little straw poll I did on Twitter uh, are feeling better than how they were maybe in January, maybe in early February. Uh, Elvis was signed kind of right before camp had started, uh, and he seems to be uh, a focal point. Uh, and Colas. Colas is mentioned quite a bit, and, and we've covered Grafol and will again uh, in this episode because the more, again, he says, the better I feel pessimistic hey you got a fan the way uh you know you only know how uh no wrong answers with this straw poll and essentially the just a few uh, pessimistic answers that you know i received the the essence is at the end of the day the same people are in charge and you know i agree with that i i really do i truly uh, believe that you know this team the organization itself isn't going to be any different unless you know, the ownership changes and a lot of the front office changes. However, with the manager they put in place uh, and allowing him to, for the most part, choose his coaching staff and you figure out and, and, and read about the, the people that he's set himself uh, up around, it, it just feels different. I mean, it's got to be different, right? I mean, it can't be uh, as bad as last year. That's the thing that I keep you know, repeating to myself, uh, of course it can. I mean, anything can happen. Look at last year. Uh, but everything that I'm hearing uh, from the players uh, and reading about Grafol, uh, despite the fact that we have the same owner and essentially the same front office, I think things can be different 
uh, this year. Uh, and there are some folks that are still just on the fence, which I truly, uh, you know, I, I appreciate. I get that. Uh, nothing that happens in spring is going to sway my opinion. And if we've learned anything from the past, talk is just that. Another fan wrote, I want to be optimistic, but been hurt too many times. Got to see when it matters. And it's only April is not a good enough reason if they are playing bad. I really like that. I agree with that statement. That cannot be an excuse anymore. And that's not how this team right now is being built. Uh, This team is being built to be urgent right now. Uh, Attack right now. Don't get uh, complacent. So, you know, I think you can tell actually a lot from spring training. Maybe not the things, you know, all the things, because we only can see so many games on television or, uh, you know, listen on the the radio or what have you. But, uh, you know, I do believe the overall vibes and attitude uh, is important and it just feels different right now. Uh, The foundation uh, for this long season is currently being built. Uh, last year, it just it didn't seem like it was ever built right. Uh, this year seems to be so different. Uh, about three weeks to go, of course, and roughly 20 spring training games left. I, I'm feeling much better than I was on February 1st. Grafol seems to have put in place what he talked about in the offseason, and players appear uh, to be responding well. Bringing back Elvis was huge, but a successful season – Uh, will ultimately hinge on keeping our core guys on the field. I think the urgency element uh, is already there. Uh, Sox fans know how special Luis Robert can be if he's healthy. And we also have excitement, of course, for Andrew Vaughn's potential. Uh, Those two players are also getting national attention as well. Uh, More on that uh, in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, uh, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash on. That's FanDuel.com slash on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. A couple articles uh, that I was going over you know, that I missed and I didn't get to talk too much about uh, that were happening when I was in Arizona. This one was in The Athletic last week, and it was about breakout players. Uh, and uh, 10 MLB, 10, only 10 MLB breakout predictions for 2023. This was Jim Bowden's hitters and pitchers to watch two of the 10 players are members of the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Interesting read here. Start with Luis Robert Jr. Uh, This is what Bowden had to say. I'm much higher on Luis Robert Jr. than most analysts based on their rankings and discussions I've had with evaluators throughout the game. Bottom line, I like his hit tool and defense better than most. Robert has to live up to my lofty expectations, but last year that had more to do with injuries, including trying to play through pain in his left wrist and hand. What I like about Luis Robert is that he hits all types of pitches 
He's a 300-plus hitter against the fastball, but he's also uh, proven he can hit all the secondary pitches. In fact, he hit more home runs against breaking balls last year than fastballs, and he hit more than uh, 400 against off-speed pitches. He also has the skills to develop into a well-above-average defensive center fielder. As a rookie, he won the Gold Glove Award in the shortened 2020 season and then had two subpar defensive years, according to the scouts and the metrics. However, he has the talent and athleticism to be a special outfielder. Offensively, I believe he will break out this year with 25 to 30 home runs and at least 30 stolen bases, thanks in part to the rule changes that encourage running. So get ready for the Robert show. It's coming to the south side of Chicago this year if he can stay healthy, of course. So uh, really, the, my question is, can Luis Robert practice discipline at the plate and refrain from chasing pitches? That's going to be huge. Uh, he had a double in uh, Cuba's first World Baseball Classic game, but he also looked lost uh, swinging at pitches he had no business swinging at, maybe a little too aggressive, a little too quick to impress, but he's got to be more selective. Uh, and how about Andrew Vaughn? Uh, Andrew Vaughn, the third player selected in the 2019 MLB draft, has been blocked on the White Sox at first base, where team leader Jose Abreu was stationed for nine years. However, Chicago let Abreu walk in free agency to clear the way for Vaughn after making him play the outfield corners and designated hitter most of the time over his first two years in the majors. Now that he's at first base, he can concentrate on doing what he does best, hit and hit with power. He turns 25 years old in April, and I can't wait to see what he does this season. I think his home run total will swell from 17 last year to 22 to 24 this year and his on-base percentage will be much higher, closer to what he did in the minors, perhaps even reaching the 350 range. Uh, so, yeah, you know, the plan for Andrew Vaughn uh, was put in play a long time ago, of course, when he was initially drafted. I think Jose Abreu's three-year contract extension after the 2019 season might not have been a unanimous decision throughout the front office. Han and Kenny might have assumed one direction and uh, Jerry went in a different one. Andrew Vaughn is here and it's his time. Who's to blame for the 2022 season? Well, Bob Nightingale seemed to paint a picture that cleared Tony LaRusa of all wrongdoing. Uh, more on that in a moment. Uh, before we get to the Bob Nightingale article, I also wanted to comment on something I saw from Codify. Uh, if you're not familiar with Codify, I became aware of it uh, when Liam Hendricks was first uh, signed with the White Sox in January 2021. And it's this program that uh, I'll just give you kind of the, you know, the skim here. Uh, it's a program that Hendricks was using that essentially creates heat maps. Uh, for hitters that he's going to face. He knows uh, where there are ice cold and where there are hot and has a good sense, uh, you know, how to develop a plan on how to pitch them. And he would go over uh, these maps and, and this program in the bullpen. And I'm really in intrigued with what Codify puts out uh, on Twitter. Uh, and they were talking uh, about essentially this, you know, this change in baseball uh, with pitchers will now be kind of calling their own pitches uh, with pitch comp 
You know, typically we have seen pitchers with that little device in their hat and they are listening to what the catcher dials up. Uh, Well, with the pitch clock this year, you know, pitchers that have an array of different pitches, we don't have time to rifle through everything that I potentially can throw. I'm going to call my own pitches with the device. And I've seen some pitchers like Zach Ranke use it uh, this spring, and it's just attached to their belt. So I thought that was a little interesting, uh, something to monitor moving forward in spring training and uh, what the White Sox might able to use and how they can use that uh, this coming season. Uh, So Bob Nightingale, uh, he covers uh, the MLB for USA Today, and he felt the need to write an article uh, about the 2022 White Sox to his uh, to, to be fair, uh, he did, you know, talk a little bit about this spring training and what to expect in 2023. My question is, who asked Bob Nightingale uh, to write this article vindicating Tony LaRusse of the 2022 season? Uh, I've joked around, uh, you know, I, I really think that he is a White Sox whisperer. I think Jerry Reinsdorf gets into his ear or other folks in the White Sox organization, and uh, they kind of push him a little bit to be kind to ownership and to the front office. Well, uh, he wrote this just recently. uh, White Sox players take blame for disappointing 2022 season out to prove it was an aberration. Nightingale wrote, uh, TLR can no longer be blamed. Uh, The White Sox players, after uh, spending the winter looking at themselves in the mirror, will tell you it was their fault for their embarrassing season for a year ago. Uh, the White Sox arrived into camp with an American League Central-sized chip on their shoulder, completely embarrassed over perhaps their most disappointing season in nearly 40 years. Uh, Nightingale quoted a few players, not many. Joe Kelly uh, was one of them. Uh, This is what Kelly had to say. Nobody was taking accountability. It was easy for the fans to say it was Tony's fault. It was easy for the writers to say it was Tony's fault. It was easy for other teams from afar to say it was Tony. It didn't matter who was managing. We didn't play hard enough. We didn't focus enough. We embarrassed ourselves. It was our fault from the get-go. It was our fault for not playing with such urgency. It was our fault for not holding each other accountable. It was too late when we decided to get going We had a lot of guys get injured, but everyone gets injured. We kind of slow played actual baseball. And once we got back into game speed, we played like we were still rehabbing as a unit. Wow. Uh, Nightingale wrote uh, the White Sox had 10 players on the injured list in late June. Uh, Kelly went on here. Uh, Guys were taking it easy. Uh, being cautious, and that was not coming from the training staff or strength coach. Uh, It was us as players not going pedal to the metal. Uh, We were running out of time, and then we kind of speeded as fast as we could, uh, but then obviously we couldn't catch up. Usually, when you finish 500, you're not winners or you're not losers, but as good as our talent was, that's losing. Uh, Nightingale wrote, it was clear to veterans like Lance Lynn who played for LaRusa in St. Louis, that LaRusa was not himself most of the year. He had little energy. He needed daily naps. His voice was so soft that it was often hard to hear him. This was not the LaRusa anyone knew. I love Tony to death, Lance Lynn said. 
and you could tell he wasn't 100% of what he wanted to be. We knew Tony was going through a lot and tried to be there for him. But you know Tony. He wasn't going to let us know what was going on. He told us about the heart stuff, but there was more, way more stuff going on. He still won't tell anybody. Uh, so you got to fast forward now to the four-month-plus Grafol era uh, and was his focus and, and what his focus has been uh, this spring, of course. Uh, and this is Grafol uh, talking about what has been happening so far in Glendale, Arizona. I wanted to work hard. I wanted energy. I wanted attention to detail. And that's just not for the players, but for the coaches and myself included. Uh, and here's Joe Kelly again. There's such a big difference. This is the most intense spring I've been a part of in five seasons. It's been like, go, go, go. I didn't see that many guys run that hard in spring training last year. And now you see them working on their base running, sprinting, and all these crazy drills. Uh, this was Tim Anderson. Uh, we're trying to create something different, block out the distractions, block out the noise, take care of business, and we will be ready uh, for a lot of fun. No excuses. And that how, is how the article uh, ends. So players mentioned, of course, Tim Anderson, Lance Lynn, and Kelly. So my question after reading it, and I appreciate Joe Kelly trying to cover for Tony LaRussa, but who was holding players accountable last year? Why was it players trying to hold each other accountable? Why wasn't it a, a manager and a coaching staff, you know, trying to facilitate uh, the, the apparent chaos? Uh, who was making sure players were not complacent? I mean, wouldn't that have been a message heading right into spring training? Look, we won the division in 2021, but we also got absolutely bounced and embarrassed by the Houston Astros in the postseason. All right. We are trying to run it back here, not just to win the division, but to win a World Series. Uh, it sounded like TR, TLR was simply not up to the task physically and just did not have the energy to hold players to a high standard. So, again, you know, when we talk about holding players to a standard, I mean, that's what we're essentially talking about now with Pedro Grafol and how he's been running his camp with his coaching staff and you know, talking to players in the offseason, what do you want to see different? You know, what can I do to set you up for success? So I, I do believe a manager plays a role. I get what Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly were saying in this USA Today article, like players have to play. We have to perform. Okay, but where is the manager? Where is the coaching staff, uh, you know, that's stepping in, that's trying to right the ship? It clearly was not there. Uh, and interesting stuff from Lance Lynn about where TLR was uh, physically uh, throughout the season. So hopefully uh, better days for the Chicago White Sox team uh, under Pedro Grafol and his coaching staff. Folks, thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcast. We're on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and get those questions in for next week's mailbag at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out the Lockdown Fantasy Baseball. Uh, win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Uh, find Lockdown Fantasy Baseball everywhere 
Uh, you find your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, uh, your team every day. On the next episode, I'll get into uh, more depth on that Sox-Royals game as well as how they fared against Team Columbia. Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Morowski. Until next time, go Sox.